This is a special coronavirus episode of the podcast, and it's taken from a live that me and Vin Johnston, who is our head of local church partnerships here at Digital Church Toolkit, did about 10 days ago. Um, The situation has actually dramatically changed since the time of the Facebook Live. So um, as we kind of anticipated during this conversation, uh, church meetings have been suspended across the UK and um, a number of other measures are now being taken. So it's worth just kind of noting the change in circumstances um, than the ones we discussed during this conversation. However, there are a number of really useful things for you. We talk all about live streaming. We talk about kind of some of the comm strategy that you can take during this period. And we talk about remote working and a number of other things. So I think it's going to be really helpful for church comms people, for church leaders, Christian creatives, uh, but just wanted to make sure that you were aware of the changing context. And so I really hope you enjoy it. Hey everyone, um, we are live, I believe. Um, this is me and Finn Johnson from Digital Church Toolkit, and uh, we decided to do this special session to talk all about the impact coronavirus is going to have on church comms. Um, so, you know, as I'm sure uh, your week has been consumed by coronavirus. Ours as a business has been too. I spent all day yesterday advising one of our major clients on uh, some stuff related to their comms and about their event uh, in relation to coronavirus. And I have noticed whether it's on our email, whether it's on our social media channels, in Facebook groups that we're in, there has been an increased amount of questions about coronavirus. And so we decided we'll do this special live totally for free to help kind of church comms managers, church staff, anyone that's kind of involved in this sphere, uh, understand kind of what the impact coronavirus is going to be on church comms and really uh, what can we do about it and, and what is there um, kind of give some practical advice. And um, so we're going to be covering a couple of things. I think the first thing we're going to be covering is, like I said earlier, I yesterday spent a significant amount of my time um, looking at re- familiarizing myself with the government, the latest government advice. I actually spoke with a government department yesterday to find out their latest advice about uh, events and meetings and public gatherings. And um, so we're going to be talking about that. We're then going to be talking about really what is the church's response to uh, coronavirus, both kind of pastorally. So what 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 is the gospel response to something like this? Uh, secondly, practically, how does this change our church comms? What can we be doing to prepare ourselves for all eventualities? And uh, we're going to discuss live streaming and we're going to discuss kind of remote working um, because I think that is an eventuality which could occur. Finn, how you doing? How's your day going? 
yeah, good, thanks. Glad to be here, glad to be part of this conversation. And um, yeah, day's going good, as you say. My week, it feels like the last, oh, it feels like forever, let's be honest. Like the news is just dominated by uh, this coronavirus news. And um, so, yeah, I think this is a great chance to have a conversation about what this means, how we communicate well, and how we ensure that we are clear in our messaging. Um, and how actually, I think for, for me, what I'd love this to would be um, where we as a church can play a unique role in this conversation. So, yeah, excited for that. Yeah, me too. And um, I think, so I think the first thing, uh, oh, straight off the bat, let's start off with this one. What is the official government advice about public gatherings? You know, every single church, uh, we have at least one every week, don't we, Finn? Um, every church has at least one service going on every week. And our should we be meeting? Well, um, I had a conversation yesterday with the Department of Business. Uh, I called them because we are a business. So I thought I'll call the Department of Business. And the Department of Business has been the uh, government department which been, has issuing the advice for events. And effectively, what's a church meeting? As much as for us, it's not necessarily just an event. Uh, it would fall under that category in government advice. And um, I was calling them because we have got a, a, an event client uh, and they are, disc they are in the hundreds of attendees and they were discussing uh, whether they should go ahead or not or whether they should continue spending money on their marketing or not <laughs> um, because they didn't want to spend a whole bunch of money on marketing and then the government to cancel all public gatherings. So I called the Department of Business and this was their advice there is no need to cancel any events um, whatsoever. And I have that advice on email, so I'm pretty confident they followed that advice up with an email to confirm that to me. So if you are having conversations with your leaders, if you're having conversations with your congregants saying, you know, it's dangerous to be having church, why are we still having church? The official government advice coming from Public Health England, coming from the Chief Medical Officer, coming from... Um, you know, those who know what they're talking about say there's absolutely no need to do that. Uh, I would say that is UK government advice. So if you're in a different country, your advice might be different. But presently speaking, as of uh, 2.30 on March the 11th, <laughs> that is the present government advice. No need. And I explained that that event was uh, sometime in the future and they reiterated their advice. So um, I think that's great news for all of us, then, isn't it, really? Yeah, that's great, Peter. But so this is obviously quite a rapidly escalating, changing um, scenario. Um, what? How do we? Is there a way in which we can keep up to that with that sort of information on a, on a more regular basis? Something you know that can keep us, yeah. Uh, yes. So I think the first thing I'll say is, if the government cancel public meetings, I think we're all going to know about it fairly swiftly, and um, that would be quite an unprecedented move. And what's happened in other countries is, is they have started to ban large meetings. So you ban all events over the size of 10,000, then you ban them all over 5,000, then you ban them all over 1,000. Um, so France, for example, France have like four, four, five, six times the amount of cases than we have in the UK. And they've banned all gatherings of over a thousand people. Now, um, we are, it, most churches in the UK would fall outside of that ban. Yeah. 
you know almost all churches will fall outside there was a ban in the uk of all gatherings of over a thousand people almost most you know 90 percent of churches in the uk would still be able to meet so um so firstly and what i think what i'm trying to say is we would know about it however there is a government website i will put the link in the comment on the main video so if you're watching this video in a group you're going to want to click through to the facebook page and make sure you get that link that you can sign up to an automated email from the government every time they issue new advice uh i would say this you get the email when they issue new advice about anything to do with coronavirus so i'm signed up to those emails like yesterday evening, I got an email for new advice to healthcare workers. That advice isn't relevant to me whatsoever, but I got the email anyway. So you are going to be getting every single piece of new advice that comes from the government, but at least then you're informed. So I will put that link in the comment. Um, but I think it's fairly safe to say that if the government banned public meetings, we're all going to know about it. I mean, that would be that would be very unprecedented, uh, and obviously, like things like football matches and co- concerts would be first on their list. Most churches yeah. are not going to are not going to be on their list first. Um, so that's the first thing. I, I think the next thing to mention is kind of um, I noticed last night that the Church of England issued uh, some new advice to all their churches particularly surrounding things like shaking of hands and communion. Um, And I think if the Church of England advice, it's kind of worth everyone paying attention to that advice. And their advice now is, is that we don't have a shared cup in communion. So if your church is still doing shared cups, uh, and uh, I know some people would theologically choose to do a shared cup, the advice coming from the Church of England is don't do that. And I would suggest that, um, all churches heed to that advice um, not to do a shared cup. Um, and I think we'll yeah, all be very glad. Pry that that cup out of some people's hands, I think. Pardon? You're going to have to pry that shared cup out of some people's hands. I think you'll <laughs> Yeah, we that. are, yeah, definitely. But that is the advice, you're right. Yeah. So I think that's worth paying attention to. And again, you know, the Church of England social media team are fantastic. And so I just saw that because it appeared in my Facebook news feed. Uh, but it's yeah. worth checking that out. And I'm sure if you're part of any movement, if you're part of any kind of stream or network your or denomination, I suspect you're receiving some element of advice. And I would heed to that, you know, um, but but I think on the whole, in terms of actual meetings, we're all safe to be meeting. Mm, it's good. It's good stuff. Finn, so you are, you know, you work for us advising local churches, but you also work for a local church yourself. Yeah. So um, let's have a little conversation about church comms and a little, and, a, and kind of think about some of the things that, um, you know, as a church comms manager, what are the things that you're thinking about this week when it comes to coronavirus and uh kind of you know in terms of how you're communicating and what you're communicating you know why don't you talk a little about that yeah so i think there's a few things here i think what you're going to hear i think a lot through this conversation with uh, peter and myself is um uh, kind of preparation is key in this and um i think you know naivety and uh, yeah i think we've got a uh, um, a leg to stand on if we kind of think that we don't we're not seeing this stuff coming it's all over the news it's everywhere we go so um so we i know we're going to touch on that later um, so i'm not going to talk about that too much now but i just think preparation is key so um i think getting ahead of the curve 
um, kind of planning for all eventualities and ensuring that your comm strategy is robust enough to deal with whatever, however that goes. You know, so if the government announces tomorrow that, you know, on the far extreme end of things that everyone's got to self-isolate, you know, basically the country's on lockdown. What does that look like for your church? And what, how do you communicate that to your uh, attendees? And so I think that would be, uh, that's definitely on my radar at the moment. That's what I'm trying to pull together is just kind of like a really detailed idea of like in each different scenario, what, what do we communicate? I think like top level though, I think, um, it's kind of we have a unique opportunity here as a church to um and i think as peter kind of said at the start like we need to remember kind of who we are and what we represent and and why we exist as an organization you know to begin with like we are here you know to uh to meet with people to uh to be uh, champions of uh, joy and peace and love and to ultimately connect um, individuals with Jesus and um, with a relationship um, with a community and then ultimately God. So I think um, let's not lose sight of that in all of this. I think it's very easy to go into panic mode, to go into lockdown and to think very organisationally and to think, um, you know, uh, become a little bit robotic in that. And actually this is an opportunity uh, for us to step up and go where we're different from other organisations, even other charities um you know and i think there's areas in which we can go above and beyond even kind of what the government's offering in terms of uh, care support etc um so let's not forget that um you know and on the notes that we've got we've we've said uh, for this that we want to be communicating caution and not panic and i think that's just a great way that peter's kind of phrased it i think um ensuring that we're not kind of fear-mongering that we're not um adding to that kind of level that kind of conversation which we're all very aware is out there um but ensuring that actually do you know what we have a hope we have a future we believe that god has a plan and like that while we don't necessarily understand all of this and what why it's happening um but that actually that we can offer um yeah be a beacon of light in that darkness and you know there's definitely gonna be people in your community wherever you're watching this from that are really worried about this that are really struggling with this so if we can offer some level of support even if it's hey like you might not even have ever visited our church uh, and you might not even believe in prayer but we'd love to pray for you like if you're specifically like pray for us now get into let's pray for you i think that should be a key part of our, our comm strategy so um i think as well it's like uh, again um we're going to come on to sort of like the removed um way in which we can still be church that's going to be a, a lot of part of this conversation but i think you know being pastoral remaining pastoral despite the fact that we can't physically um be in touch with people um or you know that the way that looks might look different going forwards even in so far as communion as we've just discussed like um but kind of just keeping that pastoral element i think to what we do and, and who we are as an organization is so key so um putting together um yeah uh, communication around that and ensuring that we just have clarity i think that's what people really need right now is a level of clarity because that's kind of what we're not getting uh, in the world um and so i'd love it that the church was uh, capital C was um, somewhere where clarity was um, just coming forth in abundance. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you're totally right, Finn. And we're getting it. We're just make someone's just written a comment on one, the, on one of the feeds. And I just thought I would bring it in because I think it kind of sums up really everything that we're trying to say through this entire session, really. And and they, they start with the question, like, is the church overreacting? Schools are still meeting. Businesses are still running. Surely we should wait and take direction from our senior church leaders rather than panic and potentially inducing fear. And I think that's totally correct. I think what what we're not, we're, we are not saying we should cancel church on the Sunday. Uh, that is definitely not true. Um, that's definitely what you, you should do. And you should be taking the advice from from those 
in government, but also from if you're particularly if you're in a denomination, these are moments when if you're in a major denomination, Church of England, Methodist, Baptist Union, you know, AOG, Elim, you've got a wealth of wisdom and resource there because you are, um, you've got people who have got national responsibility or regional responsibility and they're going to be helping you out. We work with a lot of independent kind of um, non-conformist, independent, non-denominational churches. And so in those situations, um, I know this is where the people we're interacting with regularly, they're coming to us, hey, what should we be doing in a, from a church comms perspective because they're not getting it in from anywhere else. But you, if you're in that scenario where you're not necessarily in denomination, you can still go and read the official advice from the Church of England. And you're definitely, all of you who watch this, you're definitely clever enough to be able to contextualize that for your environment and for your context. I don't think this is about inducing fear. What we're trying to say is, is, you want to be prepared because you don't want to be living in fear when stuff will happen. The, the reality is, is cases will increase. The virus in the UK particularly is going to spread. And we need to have a plan for eventualities so that you can carry on being the light and feet of Jesus Christ, uh, whatever we come up against. You want to have a plan for that, you know. Um, failure to plan you plan to fail and so what we're trying to do is okay what are the things we need to plan for and then how do we do that and you're totally right when you start talking about being pastoral that should be in my opinion that should be the church's first response where's the need how can we meet it we talk and the question is how do we meet it safely so again we're not saying don't go out and not do it safely Uh, we have a responsibility for our staff and our leaders and our teams to uh, for their well-being of course we do but we can we can help people where we're at and digital can definitely help us do that so i think you know when you're communicating on social media whether it's on your email even or on your website even on a sunday on, on sunday morning we're all going to be communicating about it somehow on sunday we want to be communicating caution not fear but we also want to be communicating uh, accurate information at, at, I'm of a strong opinion the church has a responsibility to be truthful (laughs) with the facts. So go and read the government facts. They're putting it all out. Go and read the advice they're giving. Go and read the hand-washing advice. They're producing all that stuff. Go and read it and just communicate it. Um, The other thing we would say is is that you want to make sure that you're carrying on uh, communicating with your values and with your messaging. Um, you know, your church will have a distinct message. Your church will have a distinct voice. It will have a distinct style on social media. And often in a time of crisis, inverted commas, in a time of panic and fear and a scenario that's unknown, this is, we've not, in my lifetime, we've never had a pandemic like this. And I think in most people's lifetime, we haven't. We want to be making sure that we are communicating, um, we're communicating with, um, in line with the rest of our communication and being prepared to do that. So writing a statement now, if church meetings get cancelled, is going to allow you to do that in line with your church's flavour, so to speak, much more easier than at 9.30 on the Sunday morning when it all happens. Um, and that I think that's all we're trying to say is if a little bit of planning this week is going to save you a massive headache probably in the weeks to come that's good i think like we talk a lot with social media generally about um 
yeah, where we talk about how we want to ensure that like planning goes into it and actually we want to be um, proactive, not reactive. So that's often something we'll talk about with social media generally. And I think this is in particularly true of what we're talking about here. I think uh, I love that comment that we got. And I think there's, a, there's lots of that, which is, I would agree with, and I would feel is true. Um, I think what we're really doing here is just, we're just being proactive. So we're putting together kind of worst case scenarios, I suppose, in terms of like, if this happens, this is how we will respond. Now, my hope, my dream is that we'll never have to do use half of that. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of that is like planning, you know, for lots of worst case scenario stuff. So, um, but as Peter's just said, I think that's so true. Like if we've got that statement ready, if though, you know, if our, um, depending on what your church setup is, you know, if your senior leader or however you would normally naturally communicate that sort of stuff, if they're primed and ready with a statement, ready to go, if this, if such an event as whatever, fill in the blank, um, that's so much more helpful for them or for you, that is you, um, than as Peter said that, you know, let's say the government at 9am on Sunday makes an announcement that actually any meetings over 50 can't happen. Well, that suddenly impacts a huge amount of churches in the UK. And then you're scrambling because actually in half an hour, your building's going to be full of people that like shouldn't be there. Do you know what I mean? So having that statement ready, knowing how you're going to get that out there, you know, are you going to phone people? Do you need to have that level of emergency? Do you, are you going to text people? Are you going to email them? How's, how are you going to get this message out there quickly, effectively, and ensure that you're reaching the right people? Um, and yeah, and then within that, as exactly as Peter said, how is that best communicated to your people and in your church? Um, so I think that's just so important to have in place. Oh, can't muted. Just to help people understand, I think there's probably three eventualities. I mean, I'm not a church commons manager, but if I was one, these are the three eventualities I would be having. I'm, I might not necessarily have a statement for these are three eventualities, but I would definitely have a plan of action for these eventualities. The first one is, is that meetings has to be cancelled. Now, that could be because the government has decided that we've got to cancel them. The other reason that could be is, is that your denomination could decide you're cancelling them. The other reason that could be is that your church leadership on a local level decide um, because of the virus spreading in your locality that it's wise for you not to meet. You want to have a statement prepared for that. Uh, that's a quite easy statement for you to write. We're not meeting today. This is why. This is what you should do instead. Um, and, and you can write that today. The, third, the second statement I would have is, is what do you do if your church becomes a place of contamination, of, 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 of passing on the virus? And, and then suddenly you might end up in the local press. You might end up in the national press if you're a medium to large size church. Uh, what do you do in that case scenario? Do you have a statement? And the, the real reason you want that statement pre-prepared is that yourself, you could be sick or that the people that statement needs to get approved by could be sick. So you want to make sure you have that written. And there would be a third worst case scenario that I would have a statement written for. And that is what do we do if unfortunately somebody of prominence in our community sadly dies? And I really would have that statement prepared, particularly if there was a number of my leaders who were in kind of the, um, in the group of people who could be counted as um, kind of, I can't think of the word right now, Finn, um, most vulnerable, most vulnerable. Yeah, and, yeah. and I would have that, you, you might not have a statement written, but you want to know what are we going to do if this occurs? Because, um, you know, some estimates saying that at any point in time, 20% of the population are going to be sick. So, so now that's me not trying to fear manga. That's just me passing on 
the government advice. <laughs> so we just want to make sure that you know what you're going to do in those instants. Um, and thinking now about those is much easier than when you're caught in the middle of them, I would think. Um, and I think that's really, you know, you could, you don't need a statement prepared, but you definitely want, okay, if we've got to council meetings, these are the people that want to read that statement first. You know, what do we do in that scenario? Um, and you could even write it already if you wanted. Um, Finn, why don't we just go a little deeper on um, the, the pastoral response? You know, what, so, you know, what are the, what are the things that the church could be communicating, especially about coronavirus? I think some of my first thoughts about the loneliness of self, I've read some accounts in the, in the uh, John Snow, the uh, Channel 4 news presenter, had to self-isolate for 14 days. And he wrote, he was tweeting it the whole way through and the loneliness. Right. He was talking about some other, you know, he his grandchild had just got born and he couldn't visit his grandchild. He was just talking about some of the kind of mental effects of self-isolation. And, um, you know, so, and also kind of the people that may be living in a heightened sense of fear and anxiety. What can the church be doing online and kind of from a communications point of view to be helping those kind of people? Yeah. I think that's good. Um, I think um, if we're able to, um, again, the kind of the bitter irony of a lot of this is um, a lot of the things we're thinking about with with this is is a kind of um, nth degree version of stuff we would talk about with social media and digital anyway. So we often talk about, you know, uh, treat your uh, social media. This is a, like a common phrase we use, and I'm pretty sure it's from um, Pro Church Tools. But it's like treat your social media, um, or how would your social media approach change if you had no Sunday service and no midweek groups? Well, we're now talking about a scenario where that could be a possibility. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, we're going to put that to the test. Do you know what I mean? In terms of like, actually, are we thinking that way? And if we think we are, well, we're about to find out. Like, um, and so. Um, I truly believe we can still disciple people. We can still care for people in a digital space. Um, now, I don't get me wrong on that. I I hundred percent know and see the value of a physical personal touch, and I know that that has been the kind of hallmark and um, kind of key selling point, I suppose, of church for you know the last couple of hundred years. Do you know what I mean? So um, I'm not saying that they are um, directly interchangeable, but what I'm saying is that we have a responsibility and an ability through digital um, to reach people and to communicate to them. So um, now this a lot of that will be on a practical level um, and you may have care and support teams in your church or you know pastoral care teams in your church and, and so already I'd be speaking to them and communicating to them about how that might change if they can't do home visits you know can they call can they text can they whatsapp whatever that looks like you know um, change that appropriately for the person you're wanting to communicate with um, you know similarly is there a way in which we can create content online that doesn't require um, physical presence. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, could how can we think about our Sunday service? How can we allow people to enjoy sung worship, for example, in a without actually physically being together? In however that looks in your church setting. Um, similarly, can we, you know, disciple and equip and teach people? Um, and I truly believe we can. So if it's putting together, you know, um, I think like uh, something I love churches doing generally, um, but I just think it's a great thing is like using either Facebook groups or a group, you know, probably like what you're watching this from, um, or um, I suppose you could even do it via Zoom or similar, but would just be um, kind of a Bible study, small group type setting, but it's 
all online. Like, and I've seen churches do it where, you know, often it'll be like a pastor who's been, or a teacher or speaker that's been on speaking on the Sunday. Then in the evening, they'll just do kind of like a Q&A. They'll kind of unpack, hey, here's the top three points I made today in, my t- in this talk. And then off the back of that, you know, what are the questions and stuff you've got around this? And so you're still deciding people, you're still teaching, equipping them um, without any need for physical contact. And so there, I think there are ways to do that um and i think again it comes back to that's going to need to be shaped by what your church looks like um so if you've got you know a, a large elderly population uh, particularly if you're in a rural setting and maybe you know high speed broadband is not like available even do you know what i mean or is a rarity for your congregant or attendee however you how you put that then yeah you need to think about that um i'm not i'm sure you know whether even the digital approach would be the appropriate one in that setting but um yeah for most of us and for most of the uk now um you know we live in spaces where people can get online uh, one way or another and so um i think if we could be putting in place plans to be like you know so for me it's been the conversation i've been having in my church setting is if sundays don't happen well someone's a prepared to talk anyway so let's capture that let's get that on video let's go live with that whatever that looks like and get that out there to our people because we believe that's an appropriate talk that should be delivered and shared with our people on that Sunday. And we can still do that. We just can't do that physically in the same room. So um, I think there's options and there's ways of doing that. What about... Um, that's so good. Go on. I, I was just going to say, I was going to move on. So if you've got anything else to say, please do. But no, I was no, no, going to move on too. Yeah, so I was going to say, what do you think about, um, you know, kind of, you know working in that way like pulling stuff together communicating within team a lot of people on here will be part either volunteer um paid whatever that looks like in their setting but they'll be part of a team um they'll be responsible for communication to a church but they won't be the sole um voice in what happens church-wide so how do you communicate with your kids worker youth worker senior leader whatever that looks like um, and ensure that you are um, putting together that um content but also just working together well on that so uh, great question the first thing i would be doing this week is if you're uncertain about the lines of authority and communication inside your organization this is the week to find them out uh so who is it that communicates with these people uh who is it that communicates with these people make sure that everyone's really clear about lines of responsibility and lines of communication um so that you so that you know who you're meant to communicate with and everyone else knows who they're meant to communicate with the second thing that i think would be um really really useful is that um is to is for the churches that have a very good membership database uh, and lists of leaders and responsibilities again that's going to be very useful for you so um you know if you make sure this week make sure your church suite is up to date if you're using church suite or whatever you use uh, if you're not using church suite maybe this is the week to go and purchase church suite you know you just make sure that your databases are up to date you know if you need to send a mass church email out well with church suite that's really easy without church suite that might become a little more difficult so you know just make sure you have everything up to date you've got lists of key leaders you kind of know you you've got all that stuff in place and and to be honest with you they're they're the things that if you're doing church comms well and if you're you know if if you've got a half decent church administrator they're gonna have already so you know we're not saying this is that isn't necessarily coronavirus specific but it is helpful and it is going to be useful for you 
And um, the other thing is, 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 um, you know, we are in a scenario where people might necessarily be self-isolating or, or staying at home, even if they're not sick. Um, so, you know, four out of five people who are going to get coronavirus will have mild symptoms, you know, less a cold effectively. So those people are actually still able to work, even if they are having to self-isolate. And so I'd be making sure, like, does all my church staff members' laptops work? <laughs> you know, if there's been a laptop that's been broken for six months, make sure it's fixed this week. Um, you know, do we have adequate cloud file software? You know, does our SharePoint, if you're using Microsoft or Google Drive, if you're using Google, are those things, um, are those things kind of up to date? Are they working? Does everyone knows how to use them? Um, you know, are we using a task manager? I would suggest that even churches with an office should be using a task manager. It's very helpful. We use one for the business and I know churches use them. So whether that's Trello or Sana or Monday.com or Teams inside uh, Microsoft, you know, start tracking your projects. And so that you don't need to, that thing that happens in church offices where people, you know, put their head around an office, uh, desk and ask a question you know, just have a system in place for that to happen so that people can do that. And that's going to help you, you know, let's, regardless of Corona, having a system that people can work from anywhere is going to be helpful for you as a, as an organization, whatever's happening. So I would be doing that. Um, if I was you too. And um, the other thing is, so, so I think you just want to be making sure that you've got kind of agile remote working arrangements inside your organization. And um, because actually like i would say like for any organization that's useful but we're definitely starting to hit scenarios where you know and um, even if not many people are diagnosed with it there might be a lot of people that are asked to self-isolate uh, or quarantine themselves and so just allowing those people to work from where they're at is going to mean that you are um paying them to you're not having to pay them to do nothing so uh, i think that would be really helpful um yeah, so I think there's some of the remote working things. And if anyone wants any help with remote working, I mean, that's what we do day in, day out. Uh, you know, we are a remote organization. We live out tomorrow. I think I've got six or seven Zooms in the diary. Um, that's just this, the nature of our work. So uh, we're very accustomed to that. Um, Finn, you know, you work for a church. I know that you sometimes work in a coffee shop and things like that. So what are the kind of things that help you guys enable you to work kind of wherever you're at? Um, yeah, so there's various ways you can do it. Um, so video chats like this are really helpful. So Zoom, um, for me, is the, the, that's one we use all the time. So I would put that top of the list. Um, within that as well, um, I think a, a way of like quick text. So Slack is a really robust um, piece of software that a lot of churches use, I know, um, and a lot of organisations use as well. So, um, yeah, that's an option. If not, um, you know, something like WhatsApp um, or whatever is quite useful as well. Uh, allows you to chat on mass and all feed in and share documents and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that like for me, if you've got those two now down, the rest of it kind of flows from there. Um, yeah. OK, Finn, so let's go to the real reason I suspect everyone's watching and um, let's talk about live streaming. So, okay. um, because, you know, um, I know that, uh, 
if for those people in the church comms uk group shout out to everyone watching from there and um, you know there was a long thread last night about live streaming and and i think live streaming is a great option not just about sunday services so i know that we're kind of focusing on sunday services and we're all, you know our entire point of this is to say you know there's so much more to church on a sunday so we're yeah. not we're not uh we're focusing in on that because that's where a lot of church staff energy and time goes into. And I think live streaming could help them uh, with that. But I guess there's a whole bunch of kind of other opportunities that live streaming could help people, whether that's kind of midweek services, leadership meetings, trustee meetings, whatever still needs to go on over the next couple of weeks. So, um, and you do what a part of your job uh, when you're not with us is running a live stream. So you kind of get the whole, on the things yeah you know, <laughs> i'm only laughing because it is but i am very blessed and very lucky that there's a couple of people that are on the team that are very technical and so um i just kind of set an idea of this is what i want to achieve and they help me make that a reality and i recognize that is not the vision most and it is very much a luxury that i do not take for granted they're amazing so just it just made me it tickled me when you said you are you run a live stream i'm like uh yeah kind of technically uh, yeah technically i have oversight of it um but yeah so, my, so i think i think let's just let's just frame the conversation why don't we yesterday in the group you talked about kind of different levels of intensity so to speak about the live stream and i think that you know when we talk about live we're not everyone thinks hillsong stream their services yeah. it has to look like hillsong or i was at bethel for three years and their audio is like the best you know their live stream audio is better than some albums i've listened to so we're not necessarily talking about that setup so when you and i i also think it's a great opportunity to talk about live streaming because i think for a lot of places they think it's kind of out of their reach yeah. and maybe necessarily it's not out of their reach so why don't we kind of just talk about the different stages of live streaming and then we can talk about the kind of different scenarios it can help people in yeah that's really good that's a good setup so i think um yeah what peter's just said there is totally true like i think there are massively stages to live streaming um, and I think, um, so first and foremost, that comes down to your audience. So are you going to be using live stream to attract new people? Are you using it to, you know, give them an idea of what church looks like um, to then, you know, to kind of ideally push them to uh, physically walk through the door at some point? Because um, that's very different to exactly what I was just talking about before, like, you know, kind of in-house, behind the scenes, like, oh, here's an, a talk unpacked sort of thing, or, you know, here's a thought unpacked, like, that's still, for me, that's live stream. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're going live and you're sharing that, like, that's live stream. It's just done on a way, uh, kind of smaller scale, a bit more lo-fi. Um, so, uh, yeah, so there's definitely scales to it. So we live in a world now where going live is um, very easy, um, particularly through social media, um, Facebook and Instagram particularly, like the algorithms favour it. So if you can do it, do it, because they will push your content up. More people will see it just by the fact that you went live. Um, and, and, yeah, some people take advantage of this insofar that they're recording stuff and then putting it live um, when it's actually pre-recorded so um yeah so if you can use it um how you use that so stage one would be like the real base level i would say you can if you've got a smartphone you can go live because you've got a decent camera on there you can install a you know either instagram or facebook you can go live um and if you're in a controlled environment hopefully kind of like a relatively small soundproof room because audio will be your biggest issue um 
and when I say soundproof, I don't mean like, yeah, I don't mean soundproof. I just mean that it's not a huge echoey room. Like it's a room that's got some stuff in it so that the noise doesn't reverberate around. Um, you know, it could be a cupboard. Um, it's fine. Um, so I think uh, you can do that. You could do some like behind the scenes stuff, which is what people want to see. People want to see the authentic. They want to see the, the reality of what church looks like. So maybe you do some kind of behind the scenes stuff um, with that. And so, yeah particularly in terms of the setting that we're talking about, um, that's ideal because you can do from a living room, you know, don't, you know, feel like it has to be high level, doesn't need to, you don't need to think too much about like lighting and stuff like that. Like you can deliver something. I in. guess this is a great example of that kind of live stream. Yeah, exactly. What we're doing sat, now. I'm, you know, you're sat in your kitchen. I'm sat yeah. in my, in my office. Yeah. You know, we, we, we don't have particularly amazing lighting. We've made sure the lighting's fine, but not, you know, we, I don't have any professional lights set up anywhere. Exactly. And um, he's got yeah. a nice mic, but I don't, and it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, um, so the first thing you're going to want to upgrade if you then want to take a step up is your audio. So, as Peter's done there, he's got a lovely microphone. Um, but also, uh, you know, so if you're doing something roaming, you might want to get like a, a Rode mic or other brands are available. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's like clip on. Uh, lav mic i suppose would be another option um yeah so those are available again how long's a piece of string you can pick one of those up for like 20 quid or you could spend thousands on one of those if you want really decent audio quality um you need to think about how you get audio into the phone if you're using a smartphone particularly an iphone um, you have to get a special connection to convert it but anyway um, i'm now getting into kind of technicals um but yeah, it's possible. And so audio um, upgrading that is going to be something you'll want to do. Um, and or the ideal would be that you then stepped up to taking a live, um, a line out from a desk. Um, so, you know, if you were mic'd up using, um, you know, more of a studio mic or even like a, the sort of mics you'd use on a, in a Sunday service. Like if your Sunday service isn't happening and they're not needing those, you know, grab them, take them home, <laughs> use them to live stream with, uh, put that into a small desk um, or some kind of, yeah, and then take a line out from that, go straight into, again, a phone. Um, you could upgrade that to then SLRs. Um, um, as soon as you start doing stuff like that, or if you're using multiple cameras, you're gonna to need to use a bit of software to run that. Um, yeah, so um, you're also gonna to need to get it out there as well. Um, so the setup that we use, um, I can talk you through that, which is we're a very, like, we're a medium-sized church in the UK. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, what we do, I can talk you through that. Is that helpful, Peter, do you think? Okay, cool. So I'll talk through that um, and that might give you an idea. So we use something called Wirecast and that trans transmits our live stream. So that gives us editorial control. So we have uh, a team of, let me work this out, mm, probably four or five people. Um, so one of those is an editor, we call them, um, but basically they're just monitoring the stuff that's coming in and they choose camera angles and stuff like that. Um, so this, I get this kind of another level up, um, but just to give you an idea, um, we then have a couple of people on the team that are running cameras. We know, we know we have just two mounted cameras. Um, we're looking to upgrade that, but that's where we're at the moment. Um, and then we'll probably have someone who's kind of keeping director, directorial oversight over the whole thing, probably monitoring a bit of audio as well. Um, we just take that from our normal PA desk, but um, yeah, again, you've got options to how you do that. So we go from Wirecast, that trans transmits our live stream. We then send that to, we could, at the moment we're kind of playing with this idea of sending it to social platforms, I'll come onto that, um, or what we currently do at the moment is we embed it in our website. Um, so the reason we do that is um, we've had issues with content being pulled 
um, and this is the subject I'm going to come on to. So I've just dropped on the Digital Church Toolkit page, I've dropped a link in the conversation, which will link you to a CCLI blog post about uh, exactly this. So if you're wanting to record, stream, podcast your services, you will need a specific type of license to do that. You can't just use your regular Sunday license that allows you to sing worship songs in your building. And this is for the UK? Correct. Sorry. Yeah, I should have confirmed that. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, my only frame of reference is the UK. So, um, And I'll say also say this has changed over the past couple of years. So yeah. um, I researched live, I live streamed an event. Last time I did that, it would have been... 2016 was the last time I did a live stream. And when I researched that, it was included in a standard CLI license, and now it's not. So I would say for some people, you might think you know what the licensing arrangements are, but what you know is is out of date. So I would go and read that article because that is the last kind of up-to-date information. Yeah, um, even down to CLI, they're normally really helpful and they'll let you know. Um, so yeah um, so yeah if you use Facebook or YouTube you're going to, need to think about that because they are sensitive to copyright material and they will pull and then ask questions later um, which is annoying when you're trying to live stream and you've got people watching um, it's not so bad if you're doing it for catch-up but um, yeah because if retrospectively they allow it then you're fine but um, yeah at the time it's very frustrating um, so I gave an example it's very clever these days like so I gave an example um, recently in a different conversation on Facebook um, which was that like, the band were playing a song as in like the band were playing it um, uh, in a different key to the original song and YouTube uh, knew that it was um, it was a Phil Wickham song I think and they knew it was his content so they pulled it they recognised that melody line um, despite the fact it wasn't Phil Wickham singing it. I think it was a female vocalist. Um, it's a completely different key. Like they can pick that stuff up. So just be careful is what I'm saying. I don't think you can kind of get around that or blag it. Um, trust me, we've tried and it doesn't work very well. Um, so yeah, um, yes. So the, as I've kind of alluded to already, like the, one of the big issues you're going to have is around audio quality if you decide to do a live stream. Um, it might not be an issue if you're just doing spoken word stuff. If you're just doing a piece of camera much like this, you'll be fine. Your phone is more than capable of, of monitoring that. Um, yeah, um, but if you want to do anything kind of high end, you're going to need something. Um, so uh, yes, um, you can spend a lot of money on that um, or you can um, spend kind of like, for example, you get something like what Peter's using now, a mic like that will, will improve your audio quality no end. Um, yeah um and that's kind of not astronomical so um that might be a way to proceed if you're thinking about doing particularly stuff that's just like spoken word music if you're doing anything music based you're opening yourself up to a whole different like level of complexity um so i would suggest if you're thinking about trying this stuff out i would leave music to like you absolutely feel you need to do it yeah or you just have to know that your quality isn't going to be as good as you hope it would be yeah. i know at events i've i've done before is we've we've had good very good pa people like it turns like professional pa people and they've just done as like a dedicated monitor stream and um, mm -hmm. so they've they've set up the mo a monitor output as like a different different edit and they've done as an edit edit that sounds all right yeah. um but but the reality is is that they're not you don't have someone checking that out all the time we haven't got someone kind of doing that um kind of constantly um but that's another option for you particularly if you've got decent ba people um and i know some churches are really blessed to have professional production people in their church um but i think we at that particular event i know this is what you guys do 
at church is you just kind of know that your quality isn't going to be as good as you would like it to be and you just have to grin and bear it effectively yeah so we've worked hard to make it the best it can be for the budget that we're putting towards it um which is minimal um but yeah we you know and i have actually spoken about that and i kind of see it as a uh, as a not huge negative because i think that um is an incentive for people that like it, you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest like I've, I've not seen many churches that do audio for music well um i think your example of bethel peter is pretty much the, like theirs tends to sound pretty good but genuinely even beyond that i can't really think about it even the you know the big churches that you would look to um for me it's fine um and it does the job um and that's about as far as it goes like you're not going to get the same experience um particularly if you're just playing out of your iphone speaker or do you know what i mean it's just not going to be the same like um uh, so yeah i think we managed to change uh, like you say just kind of change your expectations around that i think um yeah or change how we do it as well um you know strip it right back to just like you know keyboard and vocals or something do you know what I mean or you know to make it simpler for us just have a couple of inputs rather than a full band stuff like that so I think just kind of think practically around that um but I think like my I, I, the thing I just feel like I'm constantly saying to people is just like if you're considering this like give it a go just do it one Sunday just go live just literally use maybe Instagram live um if you've got an Instagram account and you're relatively active on it do some stuff behind the scenes like interview your kind of key people ask them what's important um you know that doesn't have to be on a sunday like that could definitely be midweek i think there's power in that and you know maybe it's like q a with our lead pastor or you know um what's the best thing about being a kids worker and we just ask like five kids workers what they enjoy do you know I mean it's stuff like that like i think that's the sort of stuff that actually people want to see they want to know and they want to get behind um so um and i don't think there's any reason that um yeah particularly around all the stuff we're talking about with this whole coronavirus stuff like actually this is if this pushes you to try it, then great. Do you know what I mean? Like I would see that as the silver lining uh, to this uh, cloud. Um, so yeah, um, give it a go. I think that is fantastic stuff. And and I think I just want to reiterate to people that, that you know, your live stream can look, can serve the vision of your church and the, your ministry and your context. And so, you know, if you, if you're, let's say we're in a scenario where we do have to cancel meetings, you know, if you, have a sermon prepared, you know, the, the lead pastor can just jump on Facebook Live from their office and preach that sermon. You know, it doesn't have to be, people aren't expecting it to be really, <laughs> really high quality. Uh, mm. You can do that where you're at. You know, if you want to, you might, you know, churches might make a decision that they're going to slim down their program in this season for various reasons. So if you've got like a midweek Bible study, you could do that midweek Bible study on Facebook Live inside a Facebook group instead of asking people to come to your meeting, uh, come to your building. So you can just start to do things a little differently. And digital really, the benefit of digital in this scenario is it, 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 it takes away that human, physical human contact. And that is a thing that passes on the virus. So the reality is, is that can digital mitigate the risk of coronavirus? Yes, it can. And your church putting a streaming capacity, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, whatever you choose to do, putting that inside to your communication strategy is really going to help mitigate the risk. Um, and this is a great opportunity for you to uh, learn how to do that. 
I'm just going to say to the streams, wherever you're watching is, we probably coming near to the end of what we were planning to share. So if you've got any questions that you want to ask us kind of about comm strategy in this season, about streaming live, about remote working, we're more than happy to answer your questions. So you can jump in and do that. Um, Finn, I can't remember what we were going to share about next. I think we're pretty much there. I think we're pretty, think much, we're pretty much there. Think, uh, I've just seen one comment from a guy, Johnny Gios, sorry if I haven't pronounced his name right there. He said, church doesn't exist for one sermon, I'm afraid. We need to think about things differently. And I couldn't agree more. I think that's great. I think, um, yeah, I think that's exactly what we're saying, isn't it? Like, um, we need to think beyond just um, Sunday gatherings. Um, and, you know, again, maybe that's the silver lining of this whole debacle of what's going on right now, um, is that it might help us to think that way and putting stuff in place it might force us to put stuff in place that actually long-term helps us think that way. Um, and I think as well, I think I've just come back to like, be prepared, be thinking about this, you know, so if this Sunday coming up, um, you're welcome as your greeters on the door, whatever you call them, like, are they shaking people's hands as they come in? Like, and if not, like, you need to let them know that now because you don't want to be having that debate uh, as people are arriving at your church on Sunday morning or whatever that looks like. Um, do you see what I'm saying? It's like those little things like aren't little things. I think we need to get those things lined up, get, make sure we've got a clear idea about what we're communicating and why that might not be your call, but I think if you can start that prompt, that discussion, then it's good. And I think that you can begin to start putting that in place. Yeah. I'm just going to give some people an opportunity to ask some questions. So I'm just going to sum up the kind of things that we're talking about. Um, so I think to sum up one is we don't think this is a scenario that people need to be fear of, or they need to panic. Um, but it is a scenario that we need to be cautious about and we need to be pre-prepared. And I think that leads me on to our second point, which is make sure that you plan. Do you have an action plan for all eventualities? Do you know what you're going to do if services are cancelled, et cetera, et cetera? Are? Do, you, do you have a plan? And, um, you know, do you know who you need to put pre-release statements to? You know, who needs to approve? you know, those kind of things. How is your church making decision about cancelling services? You know, those kind of things. Make sure. Sh- so point number two, make sure that you have a plan. I think point number three would be, uh, think about the pastoral implications of it all. Yeah. So, you know, are we meeting people's need where they're at? What are the societal's needs right now in this moment? And what can we do? And I think point number four would be, think about stream. Uh, you know, are you incorporating streaming into your digital communication strategy? How can you do that better? And then point number five would be, are you set up for remote working uh, and making sure that you are? And, um, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of, I think, our five points that we're trying to reiterate. Finn, is there anything that you would add to any of those? No, I think that's great. Good summary. There we go. In summary. So we're having no questions come in, which... Uh, is might be really good because we've been so comprehensive or bad because we've been really boring i don't know which one it is but um i think a lot of people are going to watch later aren't they so if you do watch later and just want to drop a comment um we'll pick that up during the week yeah we definitely will pick that up over the next couple of days um so uh, i'm gonna leave i'm gonna i'm gonna finish up so thank you all so much for watching uh we are I'm really glad that you chose to join us. We hope this has helped you navigate some of the uh, impacts that coronavirus is throwing up. But, uh, you know, I hope this weekend is an absolute smashing weekend for absolutely all of you. And uh, as Sunday is approaching, and uh, we will catch you all later. And as Vin said, if you've got any questions, you can throw them in the comments and we'll be uh, looking at them later. So thank you all so much. I really do hope that that was helpful for you. Um, 
and that that kind of gave you some things to think through as the churches across the UK decide how to respond to coronavirus and and the kind of uh, inability to meet publicly uh, during this period. And um, just so you know, like I said at the start, we're offering free consultations, 30 to 60 minutes, for kind of any church or ministry to help them uh, work out how to respond adequately in this season. So uh, if you just need someone who's a listening ear, if you need someone to uh, talk through your response, it might be about live streaming, it might be about how do you kind of up your digital presence, it might be about remote working, we'd love just to chat it through with you absolutely free. And so you can head over to our website, www.digitalchurchtalking.com, and you can book a free consultation.